0: Testing. All right, testing. This Sunday marks one year that we have been meeting virtually since we started this journey of COVID-19 and, and have been doing church much differently than, than what we did previously. I'm not sure about you, but I'm going to start over. This Sunday marks one year that we have been meeting on Sundays virtually. It was a year ago that I sat up here with a few guys and and my wife, and, and, and we sang songs over Facebook for the first time with nobody else in the audience. And it has been quite a journey since then. One of the things that I know for most of us have... That's changed is how we hang out with people right now, our, our community. I don't think I've ever realized the importance of community. I knew that it was important. I knew that, that it was something that, that really drove me, that that's helped sustain me. But I don't think I realized how important the people that I hang out with was. And I can definitely tell you that, that I've been much more selective over the past year of of who I hang out with, not just because of the virus, but because of whose time I value and who values my time. You know, one of the themes that we see all throughout the Bible is God desiring to dwell with us. God's desire to be with his people, with his creation. We see it in the garden. In fact, in, in Genesis 3:8, I love the passage where it describes how Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden. And then we see it with the tabernacle and the ark, how, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, how God's presence rested there. You know And if, for those of you that may not know, the tabernacle and the ark were basically a, a mobile tent and, and box. That the uh, that the people took from place to place, and that's where the presence of God rested. And then we see God's presence being in the temple, where um, you know where the people came and and especially in that in that one room that that holy of holies where where only one group of people could go, only the priests could go. But that was how God dwelled with his people. That's how his presence was manifested, was in those places. And then we see in John chapter 1 in verse 14, we see that, that God's dwelling changes dramatically when God sent Jesus to be with us here on this earth. And it talks about the word dwelling among us. So now God's presence goes from smoke and fire like it was in the, you know, over the tabernacle and in the temple to a person, a being that we could, that we could see and we could relate with. But then in John chapter 16... Jesus describes of, of something better that's coming. In John chapter 16, verse 7, it's, uh, Jesus says, But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. It's for your good that I'm not going to be with you. Not seeing how that's so great. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. So Jesus is going so the counselor can come, and we know that we find out later that, that Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in us. In fact, he says that, he clarifies that in Acts chapter one, verses six through nine, and then in Acts 2:38, we hear about how we can have the Spirit living in us if we are baptized. This whole sermon series, this whole sermon series that Jeff started just a few weeks ago about Romans 8, if God is for us. In 8 verse 31, we find out that if God is for us, then who can be against us? See, life is better with God, with the spirit dwelling in us, with that relationship happening. Life is better. That's, I believe that's what Romans 8 is trying to tell us all the way throughout. We find out in Romans 8 verse 1 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In 8 verse 6, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Those are, those are great things. In verse 10, we find that the Spirit gives life. In verses 14 through 17, we heard Jeff speak about this just a few weeks ago. We are called children of God. Adopted into his sonship. Full heirs of the glory of God. I love that that is a part of life in the spirit. And then in verses 18 and 19... We find that creation waits for the children of God to be revealed. Life with the Spirit is better. And then, after all those warm and fuzzies that Paul was talking about through the first part of Romans 8, then we get to verses 26 and 27. And I want to read that. That's where... That's our text for this morning and what we're going to be talking about. Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. With groans and words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Life with the Spirit is better. But we also have life with the Spirit even in our weakness as this text is is telling us so what's God telling us in in 26 and 27 I believe God is telling us that we're for you we being God the spirit and Jesus we are for you in verse 27 Paul says the spirit intercedes for us he is our helper God is also saying that we know you. We know you. And that idea of being known is so powerful. Because so often people throughout our community, people throughout our close circles even, don't don't feel known by anybody. In fact, they feel Alone, instead of known. But God says, we know you. The Spirit knows us because he is searching our hearts. And dwells within us. And the Father knows the mind of the Spirit. We know you. God is also telling us, We've got you. In chapter 8, verse 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, the Spirit is our advocate. Now, what does it mean to be an advocate? See, my dad is, a, um, is an advocate for kids in the foster system in Arkansas. He goes and he meets with with them through an organization called CASA, and and he meets meets with these kids that are living either in foster care or with grandparents or another family member as their court time is, is coming up, and the courts are going to decide what happens with these children. And so my dad goes and he meets with these kids, sometimes driving up to two hours, and Obviously, these are kids that he's never met. He knows nothing about. So in talking to my dad about this, all he is trying to do is get to know these children. Get to know who they are. What they need. Not what they want all the time, but what they need. And these kids are so... Vulnerable. Talking about being at their weakest. So many times, kids in the foster system, they don't have somebody to speak for them whenever they can't speak. Whenever they don't even know what they need. And so my dad gets to be an advocate for them. He speaks on their behalf. But he has to get to know them. And hopefully, they can trust him. They can open up a little bit to him. You see, God desires to be with us, He wants to dwell within us through His Spirit. And He wants to help us. But so often, the helpee doesn't want to be helped because we don't want to be seen as weak we want to we want to puff up our chests and show that we're strong let nobody in to what's going on even if that means God so we put on our Sunday best and we come to church and put on a smile man I have been there so many times Can you trust God enough to let Him in? Can you trust God enough to make yourself vulnerable to Him? For Him to help you? Think about your weakest moments your broken relationships, lost jobs maybe death or sickness in your family, being afraid of of what's coming up next or what's going to happen. You don't feel seen. You feel that the whole world is against you. In those moments, what do you do? In those moments, how how do you react? So often, We just don't know what to say. We have an advocate. You have a helper. But do you trust him? Are we spending time with him? So we know him. And can give up our pride can give up our desire to even just just speak on our own behalf and let the Spirit speak. I love that part in verse 26 where it says, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. At what point Do we drop to our knees and just let the Spirit take over and cry out to God? At what point do we just shut our mouths and sit before God? I would love for you to take a moment in your pain, whenever that comes, for you to trust God enough. To let the Spirit advocate for you and your weakness. We are not meant to be strong enough. But God is. We're not meant to have all the words. But, but the Spirit does. Let Him. Let the Spirit. Be your advocate. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful for your presence in our lives. We are so grateful that you want to dwell with us. God, sometimes I question why you would want to dwell, why you would want to be with me because of all that I do. But you do. You love us. And God, you have sent your spirit to be our advocate, to be our helper whenever we don't know what to do next. God, thank you. Thank you for that plan. Thank you for loving us. And God, we know that you've got us. God, we pray all these things. In your son's name, amen. Test, test, one, two, one, two. Testing, one, two. Testing, testing.